This is Chris. And this is Andrew, and welcome back to another episode of Video Games Cover to Cover, uh, episode 43, which is going to be part five of our Disco Elysium coverage. I mean, let, let's just call it as it is. This is the finale. It's true. Of Disco Elysium. I mean, the fact that we even got five episodes out of it, though, like the game, there was a lot to talk about in this game. I, I, For- before we Before we actually kick off here, I do want to mention that uh, I am a little sick right now, uh, so if I sound weird or you hear a little weirdness from here and there, uh, sorry, uh, there's not really a whole lot I can do about that. I don't think it's anything serious, I think it's probably just sinuses and everything like that, because because I have been staying at home for obvious reasons, and... Then we had a massive flash flood, and my basement flooded. So I was down there in my cellar basement trying to fix everything. And yeah, it turns out my allergies and sinuses hate that. So I've been feeling like crap all day. Hooray. It rains, it pours, I guess. Literally. That's what to say, yeah, literally in this case. Right into my basement. Yeah, we've been seeing some flooding over here, too. Once again, I had to move. Um... Because of the work of work scenarios, I had to, but I came back home now. But well, you you were there temporarily to begin. With. I mean, yeah, we always knew that, but I came back, and we're still obviously not in the same building for obvious reasons right now. But we're a lot physically closer. It just at some point maybe we'll go back to being able to be in the same room, but not until this whole thing blows over. Well, whenever that is, I mean, e- even still. Not that I don't like seeing you or anything like that, but we kind of have a system that works, so uh, I, I wouldn't really want to change it at this point. Especially not, not that since I mind seeing you, someday. but I never want you to come over again. I'm, no, you, you're more than welcome <laughs> to come over before or after we record. It's just during recording, I'm going to make you, you know, drive 15 minutes back to your house. Anyway... <laughs> So we left off last time with uh, kind of a dreary note. Andrew w- was convinced that a marriage was failing. Andrew, oh geez, what else was there? There was a failed marriage. Andrew was right for once. And no, 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 no. We're not going to do this for once. Thing else, something else. You know, the, the weird part is, I actually just listened to it today. And I still don't remember what that other thing was. Anyway. So we're, we're not going to just let this be a one-time thing. Andrew has been pretty consistently right this entire game, and I need to have that emphasized for the record. Um, okay. Let me go ahead and write down officially on the record uh, that it was cool to show a little girl your racist mug. I did not do that. We talked about that last week. That did not happen. Okay, I'm sure that it didn't. So, we left off last time, right before the whole Ruby incident, if I remember correctly. Yes, we were just getting ready to go towards what would be the end game, which there's quite a bit of end game, but it is pretty much the end at that point. So you kick off the end game by going over to where that uh, father and son are standing in front of a mural next to that old Feld factory. The the Feld Electronics, which I know we talked about a little bit before, but who had the 
apparently super advanced computers that, uh, or at least a prototype that doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but they were basically picked clean and destroyed out in the war were apparently a really big deal before that point. It, because multiple people make it yes. sound like it was, you know, a pretty huge loss that they're not around anymore. Yeah, I don't think they went into a lot of specifics on exactly what made them so special. But considering they use radio waves for computers now, I can only imagine what that would have been. Maybe Feld is is like IBM, and they were about to make the first microprocessor or something. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I kind of assume they were something like that, like an IBM or a Microsoft or like one of those you know, major companies that did something pretty monumental in our history and something equivalent to that. But it sounds GE, like they, yeah, General it sounds like it's just general electric, not electronics. Whatever. Uh, but <laughs> I changed it, you know? Oh, so it's now because you now. said so it's now general electronics. People, it is. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, their shareholders know everybody knows. There's nothing you can do about it, even though it literally happened just because you said the wrong thing. Yeah, you know oh, the world's a crazy the world's a crazy place, man. You you never really can you never really can tell. Isn't that just like Bernstein versus Bernstein anyway. bears? <laughs> yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, so it's General Electronics. I don't really know what to tell you. If you think it's General <laughs> okay. Electric, you can, but okay. Well, <laughs> it's it's Feld actually in this case. And yeah, you said that. Thank you for repeating <laughs> what I said. Appreciate it. But yeah, so there's this mural uh, to get back on the track. Yeah, there's this mural outside that you can look at that has a very challenging shivers, which makes it pretty clear that this is the end game because basically every plot thread you tie up gives you a bonus to it. And it's yeah, a very it- hard check that you basically have to have. It's kind of like hard locks the end of the game until you've completed enough stuff, more or less, to get a high enough bonus that you can actually pass. I'm pretty sure it was something about, like, I think it was one of those impossible ones. But I had done so many things, I think I took a picture of it, that I had, like, a plus 10 or something insane. And uh, I had a 97% chance to do it because of all my bonuses, even though... And it was even more funny because I was looking at it and it should shivers one, but because of all of my bonuses, I still had a 97% chance to make it. (laughs) Yeah. By the time I did it, it was similar. Although I tried it when I first found it and obviously failed miserably because I'm like, it's a white check and whatever, but it became pretty clear like, cause it gives you a pop-up about you know, come back to the mural when you're not sure what else to do, and that kind of made it really clear to me that this is the end, more or less, when you do this. Yeah, because all of the pluses are are, are about... This is literally the last place to look. There is yeah. nowhere else. This is it. You, you've looked everywhere else on this entire island, outside of the other island that you can currently see, and there's nothing. Yeah, she has to be here. Like, there's nowhere else she could be. So once you pass the check, you get the option to climb up the ladder and, and more precisely teleport up the ladder. <laughs> yeah, you can. Yeah, you can do a, a what you call a teleport, and then you you can shout down to Kim and be like, "Kim, did you see that? I teleported." And he's like, 
I literally just saw you take the ladder. He, I, I didn't say anything about teleporting. I just, I, ch- I chose the option that says just stand there basking in your glory. And Kim shouts up, you know, you didn't actually teleport, right? You just climbed up the ladder with your eyes closed. Thanks, Kim. Appreciate that. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely told Kim that I teleported. I was like, hey, hey, did you see that? He goes, no, you, you absolutely did not. I watched you. <laughs> And you took you you took the ladder. You definitely did not tell. Nah, man, you just missed. You weren't paying attention. I definitely teleported. I feel like there whatever was whatever you awful, say, man. I feel like there was an awful lot more of the conversation that you had with Kim than I did. Apparently, well, that's because you didn't tell him anything. I said nothing, and then right. he just yelled at me <laughs> about how I didn't teleport. Well, that's the thing. You said nothing. I actually said something. So yeah, there was probably more conversation here. I just feel like maybe there was a little exaggeration on your part you know you're getting excited we're about to confront ruby you just teleported up a tower now you gotta walk down in the tower i mean i teleported too so i was just like cool about it cool guys don't look at their teleports yeah no no nobody cool boasts about how cool they are they just I wasn't boasting about how cool it I was. Happen. I was boasting about the supernatural ability I just did. Hey, I never said that you weren't cool. All I said was cool people don't boast. That's not what you said a second ago. See, now you're being more general. And you boast regularly, so are you acknowledging your own lack of coolness? In those instances, yes. Okay. You know, this, this is a new Chris. He's sick. Uh, you know... There, there's there's nothing I can do. I'm going to try to boast less about all the amazing things that I constantly do. You know, and just I'm just going to sit there and I'm just going to let them happen. The, the people know? can come to their own conclusions about how great an individual is. You know, I just... I, I, I hate to say it, but I feel like that was kind of boastful again. Mm. Well, I guess that's your cross to bear, not mine. So at this anyway. point, we walk down the 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 tower, and there's a couple of things here and there to, to look at. There's really not a whole lot going on in this tower. The biggest things is getting money. Uh, yeah, there's money lying around like always, but at this point, money is basically worthless in this game. So I mean, there's still plenty of things to buy. There's board games to buy. I mean, there, there's just the one board game, but there, there are board games. There are books that you can buy there's sneakers that you can buy and then speakers on top of that there's all the stuff that you can buy inside i mean there's tons of stuff to buy okay yes but i thought by the end game i didn't think all of that was still necessarily available to you i guess is where i was what i was saying i don't know why the pawn shop guy wouldn't still be there selling his wares pretty sure the sneaker guy still is fair enough i mean at this point you know we haven't kicked off the end game yet. So all I know, for all I know, everything's going to be fine after I yeah, confront Yeah, that's Ruby. fair. So I'm picking up all this money and I'm picking up all this stuff and then I kind of I get this bubble that says, "Hey, uh you may want to go do everything before proceeding." Yeah. I think Kim speaks up as well and it's just like, "Hey, uh if we go in there, you know, we're probably going to be arresting somebody. 
So he does. this is kind of it. After you have the thought of, I sense danger ahead or I sense something weird, Kim goes, yeah, this feels like we need to complete everything first. One of the things on my list was Joyce. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I need to go back and I talk, need to talk to Joyce. I never really ended that. So I went over and I talked to Joyce uh, and, and stopped the whole endgame thing. And my question to you is, did you tell her everything about Everett or not? Yes. Okay. I did as well. And so essentially what happens out of that, you, you, you kind of tell her, I told her that Everett made me scare some dude. I told her about the envelope, but I didn't really give her specific details on everything that happened. I mean, there wasn't an option to be like, yeah, I totally forged the signatures and the guy screwed. But uh, so then I told her, hey, um, yeah, he's just going to take this whole section. That's his plan. He's not letting you in because he doesn't care. He's going to use the drug trade or whatever, and he's just already resigned that there's going to be a war, and he's already prepared for it. And she's like, oh, well, what do you think I should do? And I said, hey, because Kim's already annoyed that I'm giving her this information. He's made that very clear. He's interjected a few times, basically saying, hey, man, not really our place. Uh... I'd be careful about how many details you give her because you don't really want to get super involved. I'm like, okay, okay. So when she asked me what she should do, I basically said, it's not really the RCM's place to make decisions like that. I'm just kind of telling you what's going on. And Kim's like, yeah, you kind of already told her way more than you should have. And then it comes up, my brain says, he doesn't really know whether to be annoyed with you or not because it's kind of clear that Kim is not really on the union side. Yeah. Everett, maybe Everett specifically, but he's not really on the union side. Yeah. And, you know, the more the game goes on, it seems pretty clear that nobody should really be on the union side because not that anybody in this game is necessarily great, uh, but those guys, like, I guess the leadership of the union seems real bad. Yeah, Everett and a, whoever his brother Edgar is, or whatever his name is. Yeah, Edgar, or another E name. Ernest, I was going to say, but yeah, something like that. And so, is, is that what you said to her, or did you go in a different direction? No, I said basically the same thing. I told her everything, and then just said, look, I I, I can't really tell you what, what to do, but it just seems like you should know this. So at that point, she just decides to pull out. She's just like, listen... This isn't good. I'm out. I'm going to leave and try to... I'm going to try to keep the higher-ups at bay because when something inevitably does happen, I need to I need to, to figure out damage control because this is not going to be good if, there's, if this is going to turn into an all-out war. We absolutely cannot have that. Right. And I think it's around this point that... I don't think she ever actually tells you, but at least for me, my brain eventually interjected and realized that she is the boss and basically runs the company, and there was no one above her to go report to. Well, you you only find that out because of a 
uh, a, a, a check. And that also depends on how much information she's given you and how much you've learned. Uh, but yes, you, there there is a check right before she leaves where he's like, wait a minute, there isn't anyone else, is there? And she's like, I don't know what you mean. What are you talking about? And he's like, mm, stop playing dumb. It's all you, right? Although, on some level, I don't know if I necessarily buy that or not. Like, she may be the head of the companies, but but she may still have to answer to, like, a board. Because it she definitely does not agree with anything that the mercenaries are doing. I, I took it as she was a board member, so, like, there was no one above her in the sense of that, but she's not, like, the only person who runs everything. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And therefore, that would also explain why she maybe disagrees, because, you know, if she gets outvoted or whatever, she could still dislike what's happening, but still be basically, you know, in charge in the sense that there's no one to go above her and, like, tell her off. So, once she is... Once she's out of there... There wasn't really anything left on my list to do because I had kind of gone through absolutely everything. Yeah, no, my list was pretty well picked clean by this point. Because I was certainly not going to go back and tell Edgar any of this. I I did. I actually did go talk to him afterwards. <laughs> okay, so how did that go? Well, I was... I don't remember why I did. Um, it popped up as a thing and... Anyway, he basically says that that's what he wanted you to do the whole time, and you played right into his hands, more or less, and does his whole, like, master villain haha thing, essentially. I mean, he doesn't quite do it like that, but he's more or less like, yeah, you got her to back off, which is exactly what I was expecting you to do, and that's why I told you everything. Cool. Well, at least my Harry doesn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> so then I was like with Kim, and I was like, did we mess up? He goes... I mean, it's better than an actual fight, but yeah, kind (laughs) of. So then I go back and we have an encounter with Ruby. Yes, the lady we've been chasing this or that the game has been pointing us towards the entire time till now. You run into some little alcove thing deep in the basement of the electronics building and she blasts you with some radio scientific thing, basically like those microwaves that everybody thought was apparently a super weapon that everyone has now. Yeah, the like the essentially incapacitation guns or whatever that like fire a radio wave or something at you, so it just gives you like a massive headache and you can't do anything rather than doing like permanent damage, at least in theory. Well, the ones in in RL are. Uh, actually, there actually is a microwave thing that I guess I knew there was, but was I just don't remember. Control. Yeah, yeah, but it, like it's a non-lethal thing. Yeah, yeah. I guess it just makes you hot, so it's like uh, I got to get out of this area. I guess. I mean, maybe it's I, I don't know. Regardless, but it's that sort of idea. Yeah, but with radio waves. And so both you and so 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 right away in the first two seconds you take multiple physical hits which is enough to kill me good news is i had nine healing items at that point so i'm blowing through all of my health because yeah right away it's physical damage after physical damage and one of the first things i said to her is well so you're gonna kill me too and she's like whoa 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 no i this is just to incapacitate you because i don't know what's going on so she tells you a whole slew of stuff she tells you that 
so first off, she says, well, I didn't kill him. It wasn't me. Which we already kind of suspected, but I mean, whether or not you can take her word for it specifically, it's one thing, I guess, but that does go back to what we both said that we kind of had a feeling it wasn't actually her. I mean, considering she's attacking you, it's kind of like, you're not really making a great case for you at this point. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. I mean, I feel like, but like, I also get it. She was worried that you were just going to bust in and arrest or shoot her and she wasn't going to get to do anything like more specifically, she was worried that you were sent from El Marte. Yes. That that therein lies the the ultimate she was convinced that you were working as a dirty cop under El Marte and that you showed up here with her posse or with your posse and then um, that's when she ran scared. Which is interesting. And I know that I'm skipping some of the conversation here, but she, you showed up with three people. You, Jean, Jean? The quote unquote, the, yeah, no, it would be, that would be Jean, I believe, because they definitely have like very French, French pronunciation for things. Jules, Jules, sorry. Jean, Jules, and Trevor, or whatever his name was. Yeah. And she said, you know, all of you were packing heat and I had to just run because I knew that all the evidence was going to point to me. And the reason she knew that is because so, so she had gotten just like we had found out from uh, Khaleesi and I'm not going to stop saying it wrong. Cause I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess at least you admit that you don't care. Yeah. It, it, it just, I don't care. It just doesn't matter to me. Khaleesi's not a real person. So, like, you know, if she was a real person, I would care to pronounce her name appropriately. But people mispronounce my name all the time. I mean, not Chris, but because uh, that's relatively easy to, to, to pronounce. But, you know, words are hard and I just don't care. Sorry. So Khaleesi, Khaleesi or Khaleesi. I'm going to, I could just say it's super wrong. <laughs> just call her Chris. There you go. And I could be really wrong. So Chrissy <laughs> is standing there. She, she, she got way closer to Chrissy than we all thought. And she talks about how, oh yeah, I, I liked her. And so then I bring up, Hey, what about that hole in the wall? So are you like, creeping on her or something are you super jealous of her and she's like whoa 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 i don't know what you're talking about that wasn't me i have no idea what hole is in the wall i'm like so you hated the mercenary right and she's like yeah i mean he was a a giant dick i hated everybody she was like they they all kind of showed up and she obviously works for everett because she's doing his whole drug trade and everything like that. And she admits it. She's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing the drug trade. And I'm like, okay, well, you're already killing people because of drugs. And drugs kill people. And she's like, eh, shut up. <laughs> I mean, uh, yes, but... I don't really care. You're not really in a position to, to talk about this. But uh, then she says that her and uh, Chrissy got polite. <laughs> and then your immediate response, my immediate response was, wait, 
she just said that you two kissed, and then she goes, yeah, well, I'm not going to tell you the whole nitty-gritty, blah, blah, blah. She's like, what are you going to ask about that, too? And I'm like, no, I I quite literally don't care. I'm just trying to corroborate the story. Like, shut up and move on. Thank you. I don't care about your personal life, lady. I'm just trying to figure out what actually happened here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, interesting that she uh, implied a lot less happened than you did, but... I mean, it's not really important to it's, what's going on. It's not necessarily important, no, but it, it implies that, I guess the real question is, is she just lying to you and that's what she wanted, or did they really get polite and Chrissy well, just lied is, to us? That's all I really cared about. Right, yeah, and that's the thing is, one of them is lying. I'm inclined to lean towards uh Chrissy simply because she lied about basically everything when you talked to her repeatedly, so that wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, but she also didn't attack me right out of the gate, so but there is that. So Ruby's credibility kind of flies out the window as soon as she reacted this way. That's also a fair point. So eventually, you go through a series of locks, and I didn't know if there was anything else in there that was particularly important that you wanted to bring up. Eventually, you get through a series of locks, and you can do a hand-eye coordination check to break the machine. Yes, which I did, and you, like, stumble over and uh, smash into it. Basically, like, almost, like, trip on top of it, but it works, and it it falls over and breaks, and you are no longer Not if you got stunned. the sword, yo. Okay. He knocks it over with the sword if you happen to have that. That's pretty cool. No big deal. I just got this sweet sword that I carry around and use it to impress everybody. And I'm like, check out my sword, yo. You're a hobo sure a very cop cool and I am a samurai cop. I mean, samurai cop does sound pretty sweet. I, I got disagree with that. the kimono. I got the hat, the grass hat. Oh, yeah, the grass hat. I wore the grass hat uh, all the way to the end game once I found it pretty much. Well, yeah, because I gave my other hat to that one girl that was outside. The girl that was sitting in the um, next to the tent. Yeah, that was part of the group with the other guys. Yeah, yeah, part of getting her to open up to you was giving her the hat. Although you just arrested all of them right away. Not right away, but I did eventually arrest them, yes. Well, you missed a very important detail. Okay. I'm not going to get into that yet because that is a story for after the game. And there's a reason why. So moving on. Ruby is about to kill herself. What did you do? I let her go. So did I. I was like, I believe you didn't do it. You think I'm some Marte murderer. You're not going to believe anything I say. And if it's between you killing yourself in front of me or letting you go... I'm inclined to let you go, and we can track you down later for whatever reason. Yep, exactly. I was like, basically, I can't believe I'm doing this. I think it was the actual dialogue option, but just get out of here. Especially because she's got information on Everett and the drug trade, so it's kind of best to have her alive, because if we track her down, at the very least, we can get information on him. Right. Because that's super bad. Yes, because... He clearly has his fingers in a lot of things that are not great, and tracing things back to him would be pretty great. So, at this point, it's now endgame time, 
and you start to make your way back to the whirling rag because there's really nowhere else to go at this point i i guess the 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 biggest reason why i was going up there is because kim said hey we need to call this in so i was going up to talk to uh going up to pick up the radio again yeah and you get a little bubble on your way up there that says hey danger uh now's the time to get ready cool okay don't know what that means but let's do this so i equip my gun i was about to say yeah i'm gonna go ahead and drop my gun in my sand here just to be safe (laughs) and i equipped the best armor that i had which was zero and i we i already established i wasn't going to put on the feet because i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna have kim upset with me now you had other armor but you know, that's I didn't wear any of it because I, the bonuses didn't feel like they were going to be helpful for what was coming. But that's because of your racist mug. And so... I was going to say something to that, but like I just can't come up with a... I don't even want to dignify it with an answer at this point. I, I mean, that that's how you got it. I got the chest piece because I happened to identify that the man was a racist, yes. <laughs> so, but that had nothing to do with the arms. Oh, I know exactly how you got the arms. And it's an unbelievably convoluted process. And I don't necessarily believe that you just happen to get there on your own. Because you have to do all this in a specific place and in a specific time. Really? Because it seemed incredibly easy compared to like the other parts. Unless you got it on like day two or something. I got it on day, like day three as soon as I could get across the fishing village. Because that's where the girl was to talk to. I don't know, maybe it was just, maybe the option did not show up for me or something, because everything, the problem I have is I started missing a lot of stuff, because everything grays out, even if there are other things within it that you need to talk to someone about. Because the way that you get the arms is, you talk to Kuno, you ask him about the armor, which I swear I did on multiple occasions, apparently I didn't. I know I did that, so I I have no idea why it didn't happen, or if I just needed to do it at a specific time, after we got the body down, or what, I don't know, but I know I asked him about that. Then he tells you to go talk to um, Monet, or whatever his name is, and then he tells you, oh, I guess go talk to the Skull Girl. So then you talk to the skull girl and she's like, yeah, I don't really care about anything. And from what I understand, you have to have talked to her after you got the two jackets from the profanity guys. That's definitely not true because I had those arms way before those guys showed up. I don't know because I specifically looked it up and it said online that you have to talk to her and you have to have that dialogue option. And then she tells you about the girls. Because I talked to Cindy multiple times, Monet multiple times, and Kuno multiple times. And it wasn't until after I had both of those jackets that I was able to go get those arm pieces. Maybe I just did something wrong and didn't do it in the right order or whatever. All I know is took me a while to find those arm pieces because I eventually did, but that's not in this save file, so it does not matter. <laughs> oh, I see. You just had to go back and do it just to do it? You'll... Did you get the chess piece, too? Yes, I did. 
I went back and I shored up an awful lot of problems that I have because of one thing at the very end of the game, and we will get there. So, okay. now you stroll up, and it's the tribunal time. Yep, that would be the uh, danger that you were sensing, because turns out the mercenaries are tired of waiting. Well, specifically, they mention the fact that you let Ruby go, if I remember right. And there's... I don't think they did, at least not for me. Well, they said that they've been following you and following down your list of suspects and everything like that. And it makes it sound like they were unhappy with the way that you handled the Ruby situation. So they just went out there to kill Titus. Because they also mentioned within that entire conversation stream, I know because I had to do it like eight frickin' times... Yeah, same here. This is like that's like the only time where I went back and was like I refuse to accept this outcome in the entire game. And so because I had to do it so many times, I picked a lot of different options throughout there and I know at one point they specifically mentioned we're listening into all your conversations, everything that you had, and what you find out is that they have your missing radio. So all of the information that you have, they had They knew that you were talking to Ruby. They knew exactly what you were doing, and they weren't satisfied with the outcome, and that's why they went on the tribunal. Interesting, because, yeah, I didn't get that piece. So that that is interesting, because I I never saw this outcome where they had the radio. So I guess I did miss my radio. Because he he says, because Harry never even mentioned, it's never even a thing of, hey, I don't have a radio. Yeah, I didn't know exactly. I didn't even realize that was a thing that was missing until you said this. But their comms lady has your radio, and that's why they were able to keep tabs on the... They were literally one step behind you all of the way because they were with you all of the way because they had the radio. Everything that you communicated back and forth to Kim in the precincts, they had it all. Interesting. And so that's why at this point they're done and it's tribunal time. So they... You get into the tribunal... And the first thing you do is you get in everybody's in in the middle of it. And you're like, guys, stop. Seriously, stop. Um, I know everything. I understand everything. So so did you call in both leads on the armor? Both leads? What are you talking about? So I don't remember. So I don't recall there being any leads to call in. Yes. You call in about the armor serial number. Was that on the boots that I didn't get? I told you this. Oh, that's right. You did. We did talk about that. Then yes, I, or maybe I did. I don't know because I still went back and checked everything on the radio and didn't have that option. So somehow I must have missed the serial number. So I guess you must not have written it down on your apparently when when they were talking about the boots and everything. Well, the serial number's on there. When you call in the lead on the serial number, she says, "Hey, I have the manufacturer, and I wasn't able to get anywhere from there, but." They said that they'd call me back. Would you be willing to, you know, wait another day so we get more information from from this place? And I was like, yes, please. Thank you so much for all the help you've had. Specifically because that was an option to be extremely grateful to her. Uh, And so you, you do, the next day, you get all of this information on Letty. She basically gives you the rundown of this dude's entire life story. So Letty is 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 the guy that was shot. 
he was a foster kid and he was a foster kid because he was found next to a wood chipper or a leaf grinder or whatever it was basically uh they were tossing their baby into a wood chipper and somebody found them and took them to a foster home an orphanage wow yeah big deal and his name is Courtner, which I don't know if that rings any bells for you, but it turns out he was foster brothers with the leader of all the mercenaries now. Letty and his brother were both mercenaries together. Hence him being so adamant about getting revenge. Exactly. And there's all this information in there about how his foster parents basically immediately put both of them into uh, military school because of something that happened and then it just goes on from there. And then it, it, it talks about how he became a mercenary and kind of different things that he had done, but you get this whole slew of information from him. And so when Cortner shows up and he specifically gives you his name, you're like, I recognize that. And for me, I, I, I guess you didn't have those options. I was like, I recognize that. So... He was your foster brother. I know that for a fact. And basically all you're trying to do is establish a rapport with him the entire time. Right. And so when I do that, well, 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 sorry. The first thing you do is you get him to not shoot Elizabeth. Right. Uh, Because the first (laughs) thing you do when you get there is you tell him it wasn't them. it, It was staged and he believes you and he shoots just over her head. But then you have an opportunity to basically shoot him in the face. But the only way that I would have been able to do that is there was like 16 different things that you could say to him. And I was just blowing through that list. I was like, he's your brother. He had blue eyes. I know that both of you were there during that incident. I know that that took a huge toll on both of you. I understand everything that's happened. And I'm just going through the whole list And every time I'm going through that list talking about him and his brother and everything that happened and how we're trying to find the real murderer and everything like that, he is, that whole time, the hand-eye coordination for shooting him in the face is just going up, 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 and up. Yeah. And admittedly, at the time, I didn't know I was going to shoot him in the face. It just says shoot at him. Although, at least for me, it did, like, when I got the pop-up about doing it, it specifically mentioned your only real out here is to kill him before he kills you. At least for, at least for me. I don't know which thing popped up to say that, but I knew what was going to happen when I saw it. I don't know if I got that specifically, but I did know I needed to shoot him. So I shot him, which immediately begins the firefight, and he's, he goes down, and there are several different things that I failed along this way. I mean, I died multiple times here. At one oh, yeah, point, everybody <laughs> died, including Kim... Honestly, when I succeeded, I still thought I had died. (laughs) Yes, when I same thing. So I was going through, and I was, uh, I I had shot him. I had done everything right. I had like a ninety-seven percent chance to shoot him. I had all this information. You step back, and then that sniper guy is about to shoot at you. I had a seventeen percent chance the very last time I did this, and this is not where. This is not where I reloaded a bunch of times. This is when I reloaded my entire save 
I shot him, and then it said 17%, and I'm like, oh, crap. I'm going to have to go through all this again. I'm not doing it. I'm just going to take the shot. If I get shot twice, it is what it is. I hit dodge, and it's like, success. What? Same here. Like, I again, this comes back to, like, I almost feel like this is one that you can succeed no matter what, because I got the same thing, and I had a similarly terrible chance. No, no, no. I know for a fact you can get shot there because it happened to me multiple times the other time. Oh. The original time I played, I died, died, died because I got shot twice and had no, um, I didn't react. What really ticks me off, I love the fact that this game is windowed, but sometimes the mouse just kind of hex off to the side and... It was like, hey, ba-boom, 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 you're about to die. And I'm like, I don't know where my mouse is. I don't know where it is. I don't know where it is. And you're dead. Cop is shot during whatever, blah, 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 blah. You gotta be kidding me. My mouse just like flew off to the side. I couldn't find it. I'm shaking it furiously. And <laughs> I died. I also died another time when I only had one health. I had one health. I took off the shirt that had gave me one endurance and the game was like oh well you had two hits so dead (laughs) you had like you had a heart attack taking your shirt off (laughs) i took my shirt off and had a heart attack and i hadn't saved i mean that sucks but i had to redo the ruby thing like three times oh my god because of that because then I was just quickly clicking through it, and then I said something that I didn't want to say, and I was like, oh, it doesn't matter, but I, I don't want it. I want everything to be exactly as it was. Because at one point, I, I, I was clicking through so fast that it was like, Harry goes, yeah, but I want more details on your sexual relationship, and it was like physical damage for being a creeper. <laughs> I never picked that game. I didn't want that. I didn't care about that. Why is that even an option? Screw you. Restart. And then I have to be slow about it. And then not take off my shirt at the inopportune time. Whatever. I, I just, I will never stop laughing at the concept of taking your shirt off so intensely that you get a heart attack. That that seriously it. irritated me so much. Not just because of uh, of of the game or whatever. But it's like, I had a health. In thinking about it logically, if the shirt is giving you more endurance, that implies that the shirt has some sort of bulletproof capability. So one of the physical endurances from being shot or whatever it was would have been soaked up by the shirt. So taking the shirt off, I should still have one current health. That is crap. And it certainly shouldn't kill you while you're in a menu because then you're trying to frantically get out of the menu and you hit escape like 17 times and then the menu backtracks like 17 times instead of just going out so then you can heal yourself because there is no option to heal yourself while you're in a menu because who would have thought that taking your shirt off would have killed you? I'm hoping that's just a bug, because if that's a mechanic, uh, I have a real problem with that. (laughs) That's dumb, and it screwed me and put me into an infinite rage. I mean, when that happened, I was sitting in the computer room, 
my wife was outside watching This Is Us on Hulu or whatever it is, because I don't, and I yell so loud that she was under the impression that I had I had hurt myself in some way. And I was like, <laughs> no. I just want to take my fist and slam it so hard into my ultra-wide monitor, but I can't do that because I'm not made of money and I love my monitor, but I have so much hatred towards this game that I want to destroy something. I didn't destroy anything because... That's, That's probably for the best. Sanity, you know, came into my head. I crushed a few cans... I should just set up the punching bag so when something like this happens in the future, I can just get up and just blast into the punching bag all of my frustrations. Just to get an exercise, get, get your exercise in whenever you get mad. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you dodged the shot or not. I, I, I did in the time it really mattered because I was already mad about Ruby. If I had to restart this too, I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm taking the shot. I don't care. It was like two or three hours before we had to record anyway. <laughs> That's right. I replayed half of the game in two or three hours because I needed to. For reasons. So the tribunal ends with you getting shot in the chest and... I have to assume that you were able to warn Kim. Yes. Apparently, and I'm not sure if this is how you do it or not, but apparently it's possible to take Kuno to the island with you. My guess is that maybe once you say, hey, whenever Kim's gone, you'll be able to take his place. If Kim actually dies in this scenario because you don't warn him or you fail the check or whatever, maybe Kuno actually goes with you. I don't know, but apparently it's possible for him to go with you. That'll make sense a wow. little bit later, but the thought of Kim dying. Oh, yeah. If Kim had died, I absolutely would have been like, I refuse and gone I back. reload the whole game and be like, I'll just watch YouTube videos of a good ending because that's not going to happen. Right. I mean, if I got to a point where the game was like, yeah, Kim has to die here, I'd be like, I'm just not finishing the game. No, we're done. Now you can't you can't do that to me. That's right. not that's not that's an impossibility. So Kim lives and you you wake up after talking to yourself again. Your your brain is is your lizard brain, yeah, you have some good conversations again. And you wake up and Kim is there. Your room is immaculate. Because you're back in the whirling rag. Your room is immaculate. Windows fixed. Everything's fixed. You're like, oh, cool. Finally, I'm in like, you know, five-star hotel here. This is amazing. I wouldn't say it was that nice, but it's certainly nicer <laughs> than it has been. And then Kim kind of tells you, hey, you got shot. I took care of you. I was like, did anyone from the, my station show up? No. Like, don't you find that odd? I mean, yeah, kind of. Like, so nobody cares about me. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say that. But why aren't they here then? Let's talk about something else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what to tell you, but... I mean, this isn't a great situation for you. But it's not really a great situation for anybody at this point. And so you, you get a handle on things and you find out, uh, for me... Everybody but Glenn 
the the three mercenaries are dead. Right. Or one of them is an ICU. I can't remember. I think all three of them are dead. Yeah, I, I, at least for me, they were definitely all dead. Uh, and several of Titus's men had died. I think, it, like, Glenn had died. Somebody else had died. Dennis just ran away. Yeah, when uh, Kim Angus added it all died, up. Yeah. Which was unfortunate. When Kim, when Kim added it all up, he said six deaths. Yeah. For me. It was. I don't know if you can do any better than that, but. I, I also had six deaths. I had the three mercenaries, Glenn. And three of Titus's guys. Yeah. Angus and somebody else. I didn't even know he had that many guys to spare, but. And Dennis, like, ran away or something. Yeah. Because the thing is, I didn't even see three people get shot. I only saw Glenn get shot. I didn't see Angus get shot. I didn't see the other person get shot. Maybe. Meh. I don't. Yeah, Kim. Really know. Kim told us about that after the fact because he made. It sounded like that happened after you got shot and fell down when you couldn't see anything anymore. Well, so he said that somebody got shot when you dodged the bullet. Somebody died behind you. I guess the bullet hit somebody behind you, which I guess is unfortunate because if you hadn't dodged the bullet and just gotten shot twice, it's possible that maybe one per- more person had lived. So maybe it's possible to have a fifth person live. And maybe that's why, even though it was like a 17% chance, maybe that's just one of those things of, because there was an option to just let yourself get shot. And maybe that's one of those detrimental things of, if you had just let yourself get shot, somebody else may have lived. Hmm. So that's possible. I guess I could reload a save and find out. Well, I might look it up later just because I'm curious how the different ways that can come out is, but... But yeah, Titus lives, a couple of his guys live, um, Lindsay or whatever her name is lives, the lawyer. Elizabeth. Elizabeth, yes, thank you. Garte was there the whole time, he's fine. Yeah, because he's actually the one who cleaned up your room, Kim informed you. Mm-hmm. And then tells you you can stay for free. <laughs> well, no, he tells you that, because you can go down and talk to him after. Yeah, which I did, obviously. And so then just you just get a rundown of the entire case- and then he says, hey, uh, this is bad, right? Yeah. Or uh, the entire time when, when they're summing it up, all I could think of was that bit from from Futurama's. I can't see what's going on. Are we boned? Yeah, we're boned. <laughs> yeah, we were boned. It was real bad. Yes. There's basically no good way for this case. Like this case has become a complete disaster now. And then I, I come out and I say, because I even said, uh, hey, so... I really don't know how this could could have gone any better. And he's like, I don't know, but six people are dead. I'm like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I said the same thing. I'm like, I feel like we did the best we could. And he's like, yeah, well, that wasn't good enough, was it? <laughs> when I went back, I actually said, yeah, that was uh, super bad, wasn't it? And he goes, I, I mean, yeah, it certainly wasn't good. And then Harry actually has the opportunity to say six people are dead. So it's actually kind of interesting that like if you don't say it, Kim says it, and if you say it, or and 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 if Kim doesn't say it, you say it. So I kind of thought that was interesting. Like one of you has to be upset about it, and the other one can be relatively optimistic. And so, which really balances out their characters. I mean, it it basically. No matter what you do, Kim is kind of always there to balance you out. I know we've talked about it repeatedly, but like, I just love Kim. He's so, such a good character. He brings balance to the force. 
<laughs> he really does. And he's always there to just kind of like point you in the right direction of he, he does a really good job of being like the morality of the game in terms of if Kim doesn't like something, I'm always like, oh, I feel like maybe this is the wrong thing to do because Kim isn't a fan. Yeah, and that's why I'm always like, are you a communist? Are you a moralist? What's going on with you? And he's like, I don't really talk about politics or anything like that. And then my brain's like, yeah, he's totally a moralist. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. Meanwhile. Which I, I, I got definitely got that impression as, as well. <laughs> you were a communist hobo. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so after you have that whole wrap up, he basically gives you the option. I mean, your your options are, uh, well, we're going to see this through, right? Yeah, I guess we don't really have a whole lot of choice. He's like, how are you doing? Can you get up? Can you stand? And yes. You finally get I mean, to go it's... into Kim's room. So happy. You finally oh, you get do? to go into Kim's room. Oh, I didn't go into Kim's room. I didn't even realize that was an option. Yes. Oh. You want there there's there's a bunch of circles all over your room. And so because I have that thing to get an XP every time I, I click on a circle, I was doing that and then I went in there and his room was his door was finally green. And then you can go in and you can read his notes on everything that he's done on the case so far. Oh, that would have been so awesome. I'm so bummed. Yeah. And uh, so then he, the first thing I did was I went out to go check Khaleesi's room because I'm like, I understand that she's gone, but. Oh yeah. Which we didn't mention yet. Cause she, she ran off before, like right before the firefight started. 20 minutes, apparently, according to Garte, he says she took off 20 minutes before all of this went down. And so. Because that was one of the the things that Kim was like, yeah, that we, we really should have arrested her, are bad. But maybe not. Because you get up to her room and she basically says, hey, uh, I have a gift for you upstairs. And he's like, well, I mean, should we trust her? I'm like, well, I mean, maybe this is her way of saying sorry. I don't really know. But, I mean, I'm going up there. And it was funny because I actually checked the medicine cabinet. And yeah, the me drugs too. were gone. And Kim was like, uh, I see where her priorities were. And I, I remember one of the options, which I didn't pick, but one of the options was, I was really hoping her present was going to be in here. <laughs> yes, I didn't pick that either. And so uh, you go up there and she, just like in the cop dramas, has taken strings and basically laid out exactly what the trajectory was. So exactly what you were thinking, and it definitely came from the island. Which was, again, the only place that we hadn't been able to go to at this point. Oh, you know what? It was the conversation after after you find the real killer and everything like that. Harry has an opportunity to say, why didn't we just come here earlier? And Kim was like, I mean, it didn't seem necessary to the case. And then you can immediately go, six people are dead. Wow. Wow. Which I did because I'm like, dude, you're constantly telling me I'm not allowed to do stuff and I'm constantly right. Through this whole game, every single thing that you do, every single thing that you do can tie back to the case and does tie back to the case. Everything. And Kim is always very much, yeah, this doesn't seem relevant. We're not going to do it. And then, yeah. I, I didn't even think about that, but you're right. It, pretty much everything winds up tying back to it. There's only one thing 
I did that did not tie back to the case. And that is a story for another time, 20 minutes from now. <laughs> so there's at least, there's at least one thing I did and I'll say it now. And that's karaoke that did not tie back to the case. <laughs> so you take the dinghy over to the Island. Yeah. You have to go talk to the fisher, the net picker lady, that fisher, the one I got the boat. sword from for taking her on a right. date and showing her a date. great time. Yeah. So I chose the option to play Sad FM the entire way to the island. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't pick that, but I without even without the boombox because I know you sent me a picture of you standing on the bow with a boombox. He is like it is the he is standing right on the front of the ship. Holding the boombox while it's just blasting Sad FM the entire trip out there. And I'm like... And you watch the trip in real time. I mean, it's not a super long thing, but like, there, it's not like it fades out or whatever. You watch the entire trip. Oh, it was great. It was amazing. I loved it. I didn't do that. Uh, but he still stands... Instead, he just stands on the bow of the boat and like puts his arms on his hips and like tries to look all like... You know, he's a he's a cool dude or whatever while Kim drives. Yeah, no, I am definitely announcing my presence. I need people to know that uh, uh, of the great cop. I'm a samurai cop, after all. <laughs> Who's also um, like an amateur, amateur DJ at this point. <laughs> well, yes. In fact, I am. Which is another story for another time. Oh, no. 30 minutes from now. I'm just racking up stories. Uh, apparently. So you get there and where was the deserter for you? Uh, through the other side of the door out in the, like coming out of the other side of the little like bunker. Sitting by a fire. Uh, yeah. Exactly. All right, so that doesn't change at all because when I get there and I talk to him and I figure out that whole thing, which I actually already had gas anyway, so it didn't even matter. Because there was actually another gas can that was sitting out where you actually confirm that, yes, this is where the shot com comes from. Yes, I, I had the same thing. Uh, so that you can open that giant door. But there's a specific dialogue where he says, well, why are you back here? And he's like, yeah, I heard you coming. You came up here blasting your rock and roll. And Kim's immediately like, yeah, so we probably shouldn't have done that, right? And I'm like, it wasn't rock and roll. It was sad FM. I don't understand what you're so upset about. <laughs> we still found the oh, he, guy didn't we he said the same thing that he heard us coming anyway he heard the boat so but you know uh, kim didn't yell at me about it he was just like yeah i guess you know i don't know how we could have done that any better basically well you could have blasted sad fm and you could have got kim's <laughs> well listen he was snippy with me at the at the beginning of the conversation so i'm gonna be snippy with him at the end of the conversation <laughs> so so the, the island is very short because you just go through this wreckage. Um, you also get a time where when you're passing through the big doors where you get really tired. Oh, yeah. And there's an option to like take take a nap or something. I didn't. I did. You missed a lot, man. You have another dream and it's a big one. Okay. It's about the day his wife left him. Oh, yeah. except she's not his wife, according to what Jean. But go for it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, you're right. His like they were just like in her 
they were just dating. They weren't really married. I had to think for a second. Like, what are you talking? Oh yeah, yes. I was um, actually wondering why that never came to came to an end. So that's very interesting. So you dream um, that you're talking to Dolores Day, the the humanist lady, but it's very clear that she's a stand-in for his wife. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually wondered. I wanted to ask you about this because there's an achievement that I noticed you didn't get, and I got it during that dream, and that explains a lot. What is the achievement? I mean, I'm going to immediately do all this after the podcast, so you might as well just tell me now. Offering figurines to Dolores Day. Did you have that quest in your I've had that for so long, and I couldn't figure out how to do it. Yeah, you do it in the dream. Okay. (laughs) And you get the achievement. The figurines won't bring her back. They don't do anything. Yeah, that makes sense. But you, you you basically talk to Dolores Day, and she's talking about you know how she's she's leaving and you know, how they fell out of love, and it just you know it wasn't the same ever since you decided you had to join the force, and you you know you you've been taking it so hard and the drinking and and she's like, look, you know I'm I'm in my twenties, I can't live my life like this or early thirty, whatever. She's not very old, mm-hmm. which implies that she was much younger than him. Yeah. And she's like, look, I just, I can't, I'm going to buy, I'm buying a ticket to, on the airship to get out of here. And so you have conversations that are both like about Dolores Day and about her. Uh, you can even talk to her about her, her lungs glowing. And then she's like, what are you talking about? That you're not making any sense. You all, you never make any sense. That's why I can't do this anymore. And cause you're just, you know, m- mashing the two of them up like this in this dream. But yeah, she just up and left. And packed her stuff and bought a ticket to the mainland and left. Which Gene more or less tells you this. Now, I can't remember when. I think it's at the very, very end of the game when he tells you this stuff. I think it's, yeah, I think it's when you're doing the wrap-up. The problem is I did the wrap-up and then I played the entire game again. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. yeah so that's what you missed out. You, you, missed out. you bring that up to Gene and you more or less get the ending so I more or less got the ending anyway because I was like, wait, but what about the girl? He's like, what girl? And then he, so so my wrap up was very different than yours was because I was like, but what about what about my wife? Where what happened to her? And he's like, what the super pretty girl? Yeah. He's like, that was like six years ago. He's like, but she was my wife. And he's like, what? She was no. just her girlfriend. Yeah, no, she was not your wife. Oh, well, what happened? He was like, I, I don't know. She just left. Oh, um, okay. But anyway, so you have that dream. I didn't. I'm, I'm definitely going to go back and do that. You walk out on walk, like you leave when you first wake up. It's like Kim isn't there and you go looking for him. I mean, obviously at this point it was pretty clear it was a dream because like you can't look at your inventory or anything mm-hmm. and you just like retrace your steps and then it tells you to go walk into the water and you do because you can't you know proceed otherwise and you start running across the water and you like run back to the mainland and then have that conversation with her where she's leaving okay and then obviously like you can choose to try to kiss her again or not um and i did just to see what would happen and you do it and you roll the check and it passes but then she doesn't kiss back and literally one of the options is but but i passed the check you're supposed to kiss me back (laughs) <laughs> that's funny and she's like what are you talking what check Harry I, I passed you the check 
It was for $10. <laughs> in, in, in the memo, it said a kiss. I passed it. I gave you the check. <laughs> I'm supposed to get a kiss back. Isn't this the kissing booth? <laughs> You're an insane person. She okay. she straight up calls you insane several times in that conversation. That makes I mean that makes that that checks out. And as as that's one of the reasons why she said she couldn't do it anymore and she had to leave. And you say things like, "Well, you can't leave." And then she's like, "Harry, I already left. This happened years ago. You're just having a dream." He's <laughs> like, "No, no, it's not too late. I can bring you back." Harry, stop. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, I specifically didn't want to sleep there because I'm like, we're we're literally at the murderer's hideout. This is, and that actually annoys me a little bit because why on earth would anyone stop to sleep there? We're at the murderer's house, sleeping in his bed. What is Kim going to do? So the narrative of this is Kim is just going to sit on your bedside and wait while you sleep and hopefully not get shot by the murderer. Like, I'm not saying this by no means has anything to do with your decision process in making this. I want to make that very clear because I know you were thinking it. What I'm saying is, from a game developer standpoint, who in their right mind is going to pick that option and to put something so important right there? I The only reason I picked it was because it seemed like, like the game was giving me a bunch of um, stuff. And again, maybe it's because I was more in tune with the body, since I have higher body stats than you, but like pretty much all of the physical stuff in my body kept popping. I'm like, yeah, we, re- we, we really can't go on. It's going to be bad if you try to keep going. So I was like, oh, if I don't sleep, am I going to get like some big penalty or whatever? So that's why I decided to sleep. None of that happened for me, and I got no penalties at all. Yeah. And that's incredibly frustrating because it's like, if that's so important and so vital to the game, it's just like having this stupid mug, except for the fact that that's not a plot point. A plot point is not getting the, not getting the arm pieces is not a plot point. This is a major plot point, and they're like, oh, we'll take a nap. And the option is like, yeah, no, I don't need a nap right now. Like, this is the murderer's hideout. Who is going to sleep here? If any place, you should have had that dream after you got shot. Yes, Because that's the appropriate point to have a dream like that. Well, and also, it's a good, like, end of act sort of thing, since this is like, you know, the final chapter... After the thing, yeah. No, I agree. That would have been a better place to put it from a design perspective. Putting it there makes absolutely no sense. And that is legitimately frustrating from a player standpoint, is that if you hadn't said that, I would have never even known that. And I never would have done that. Because from my perspective, Kim is my partner. Yes, Kim has my back, but how am I going to have his back on a murderer's island if I go to sleep? Like that that's just so frustrating that that would be put there. Now, part of it's frustrating because I had already opened up the giant door. If the giant door was still closed, maybe I would have considered taking a nap because from my perspective, the murderer probably can't get here. But if the murderer is closing the giant door that is between him and his bed, I have to assume that the murderer knows how to get back. Yeah, no, I I found it, like, 
I had that happen right away because I, I think it happens when you actually investigate the bed. But I definitely had that happen basically as soon as I got in there. So yeah, I hadn't opened the door yet. So I well, felt it was. I mean, it still was weird, but like it was. I feel like I have to sleep. Like it, the game really seems to be pushing me towards taking this nap. So I guess I'm going to take this nap. And for me, it was literally just nothing outside of, hey, there's a bed. Do you want to take a nap? That is literally the only option I had. I investigated a bed and it said, hey, there's a bed. You should take a nap. What? Why? I had no physical instrument, no body, no nothing like that. It was just like, hey, here's a bed. You could sleep in it. And yes, I thought that was strange, but I never thought that there was some world-ending plot point that you'll only get if you take a, a nap here. That that is infinitely stupid, in my opinion. That is it, it, in in a crazy place to put that, because something like that absolutely should be after you get shot, because that is where your brain is going to start. Hey, I open up the fact that. All of this stuff that I locked away, I'm about to die, is now rushing back into my brain. That, from a human standpoint, and from a literally anything, makes more sense to do after you get shot, and that's super frustrating. But I'm not going to keep harping on it, because we have the rest of the game to get to. Yeah. I don't, like I said, I don't disagree that that's a weird place to put it, and I agree that that's a, a a poor design choice, but it's one of the few moments of the game that I haven't been like, yeah, this is a really good choice. So overall, like I, that does not change my opinion of the game overall because it's still fantastic. I hate it now. I absolutely hate it. Okay. I thought it was game of the year, and this is so stupid and so unbelievable. I don't care. <laughs> I do not care at all because i immediately got an end to that anyway because i was like oh she was just some super attractive girl that i really liked for six six years ago she left me all right i guess move on there's nothing i can do about it now yeah so then you get to go out and you talk to the deserter and who does he give you so much information yeah it's a real end game info dump i mean like obviously it was the end of the game because this is the murderer but it's just like, there's so much in this one conversation. He's been tying everything back. He's a communist deserter. Right, yeah, from the war. Supposed to do something, supposed to go to some map room, and just left. He bolted out of there because he was scared yeah, he of panicked. what was happening. And so he just left. And turns out he killed the guy because he was... Basically in a jealous rage-ish. Yeah, because he was really... Uh, turns out he'd been uh, spying on Chrissy. <laughs> he was the one that was spying on her the whole time. You check his boots and everything like that. And you find out the gun checks out, the ammo checks out, everything checks out, and he's just like, yeah, so I've been here for 43 years. I've seen a lot. I've done a lot. And he basically talks about how... He was watching her all the time, and he is the one that left the Mayflower for her, which, again, every single thing you do ties back to this case. Yeah, because when you ask about the Mayflower, because that's one of the things you can talk about after 
like right after the standoff when you wake up and then Kim even then comments, you know, not every single thing has to be related. It's like, yeah, no, Kim, it definitely is. Why wouldn't you think that a flower next to the lady, a dried flower next to the ladies, whatever, and someone got shot a week ago, how that flower didn't fly away between now and then, I don't know. Whatever. Game mechanics. Just chalk it up to another list of things that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, So right now I've got two on my list. (laughs) And so... I mean, I guess they didn't have they didn't have any sort of weather pattern, but it's constantly snowing and it's constantly raining. That flower would have been gone way before I got there, since I've apparently just been on a massive drug bender for three days or whatever it is. At this point, this is like day six, I think. Yeah. Well, you would have gotten it on day two because I got it on day. Two. Oh yeah, yeah. The flower was like day two. Yeah, so that's true. It would have only been there like three or four days at that point. He What's said, interesting? He says about he, placed, it, he put it there the day after she died, or he died. Yeah, because he was like felt sorry for her or something. Who knows? But essentially, he was going back and forth to the town all the time. And then Harry at one point goes, uh, "Well, why didn't you just become a businessman or something?" He's like, "Whoa, it, I can't." support any of this you guys aren't communists well basically he's just the typical war guy the war never ended and he yeah he, he still is in war mode basically and and he can't let go of the past which is extra interesting given how much he constantly talks about how his brain is basically like full of holes at this point so even if things had, could have happened in the past that would have changed his mind he couldn't remember them anymore anyway and so he you 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 have to get him to confess to the entire murder and at one point, my brain comes up and it says, you shot him, shot him, shot him, shot him. Do not say killed him. I was like, oh, I'm like, so you shot him, right? And then he's like, yeah, I did. Because I guess he had something against, he was like, it wasn't murder. I didn't murder him. I just, whatever. Wait, because he was an enemy combatant because he, was, he wasn't the communist. He was with the other guys. So I shot him. I didn't kill him. I'm like, okay, man, those are the same thing, but whatever. Whatever gets me through all these checks. So you get done, you you, and then you find out what happened to the other, the other representative for yep, the, Wild the, Pines. No, no, no. It wasn't the other Wild Pines representative. It was the other union or the leader. union, the the lady who was in charge before the brothers took over. And it's heavily implied that they paid him or somebody to shoot her. The way I understood it from what he said, they worked out a deal where they were going to make the union into the communist empire that, you know, the guy was wanting to support if he just took care of it. And then he did. And instead, they basically turned it into like a drug cartel and he super hates them now. Mm -hmm. Because I believe the way either Harry or Kim puts it is he didn't live up to his end of the deal, did he? Yes. So cool. Now I got a bunch of information on him, too. Really glad that I also have Ruby still alive because now it's possible that we can get some corroboration we can find and her, stuff. yeah, and we can arrest her and get her to testify against them. Now I already know that you did this, Andrew, but I just I want to hear it. Did you check? Did you pass the the perception hearing check at the very end of the conversation with the deserter? No, 
And the thing of it is, is your brain keeps constantly telling you anyway, hey, 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 you should be listen. Shut up and listen. But then you just keep going. No, shut up and listen. Oh, well, I passed the check. Yeah. No, I tried to pass the check, but I failed. And then you just kind of keep talking and you and Kim start talking about how you're going to get him out of here. Well, you know, well, there's, the boat only has room for two. So one of us is going to have to stay here. So how are we going to do? And then meanwhile, your, your brain keeps interrupting with shut up. That didn't happen to me until after. Because I passed the check, and then I'm like, what is that? No, no, no. What is that sound? And both Kim and the guy are like, yeah, I don't know what the sound is. And Andrew, I can't help myself in your face. In your face so hard after your depression story about the wife and the guy about she definitely made it up and you didn't believe That's- the whole time in the plasmid. It's the plasmid. Yeah, it's the thing they were looking for, which I thought was gonna, was supposed to be like the size of a regular bug, and this thing is enormous. It's huge. So the one that she saw had to have been one of its like kids a or baby something. Because yeah. it talks about how it... And I want to be clear, it does apparently talk. Like, you have a moment where you're like, it's impossible to tell whether it's just him being crazy and having a conversation or if you're having, like, some kind of telepathic conversation with the bug. Like, I... No, it's definitely telepathic. And here's the thing. You only get that if you have the pheromones. Andrew, so I went through all this, and I still believed in the wife, and I still believed in the husband, and I believed in all of it. But you know what I didn't do? I didn't grab the pheromones. So even though the plasmid's there, I don't get a picture of it. I don't get to talk to it. Oh, I got both of those things. Yeah, it's fine for you, I was actually wondering the whole time, because I'm like, there was... Kim specifies at the very beginning, when you're looking at the body, that, you know, he only brought two, like, bulbs for the camera, so he can only take two pictures, and one of them is the body, always... And then I was like, there's only ever been one other time where you could take a picture, and it was something that you were obviously not supposed to take a picture of, because it was taking a picture of some random guard booth that you can just walk inside and investigate that has nothing in it. And I it had gone long enough that I had basically completely forgotten about the camera until this happened. I knew that he had a camera, I just didn't know we only had two bulbs. Yeah, he mentions it when he's taking the picture the first time, that we only have one shot left, so like we need to make sure we save it for something important. So this is where I need to kind of take a bit of a rewind. Now, I finished this whole section, and I got back and I did the debrief, went through everything. I couldn't leave it at that, Andrew. I couldn't. This is one of those things that it's like, I believed so hard, but because I didn't take the stupid pheromones because I didn't want to smell like fecal matter for the rest of this game... Because the guy specifically says, oh yeah, it's going to be horrible. Think of like a port john but like times three. You're going to smell really bad forever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, man. I'm not going to do that. I didn't take those pheromones. You clearly took the pheromones because you love smelling like garbage. <laughs> it was just part of my hobo motif, man. So this is where our paths diverge a bit because I went back in time (laughs) all the way back 
to when I'm standing in there talking to the guy, his wife, and Gary. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this right. I'm going to get the pheromones. But you know what? I'm also going to get that racist freaking mug. <laughs> so I immediately beelined back to the thing, got the racist mug, came back, showed it to the dude, was like, you're a racist, give me that armor, got the armor, then talked to the guy and blasted through his entire conversation with him and his wife. I was just like, click, 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 click. Now I'm going to mention something right here that I didn't find out until I did everything again. Up to getting to the plasmid. That's not where you get the pheromones. You get them the very first time you talk to them and say you'll check all the traps. Yep. That's when you get the pheromone. Not in the whirling rags. So I'm going along my merry way. Thinking all is right with the world. <laughs> then you get here again. got my pheromones. So I do everything again. And by everything, I mean everything. I also went out and specifically got uh, dice from the lady. Because I remembered you had said, hey, there might be a D&D game in that crate or whatever. I'm like, I'm going to go do that crate. I did the crate. Really? Opened the crate. What's in the crate? Well... Let me tell you, it's not D&D, and let me tell you, it has nothing to do with the crate. I mean the case. I figured it had nothing to do with the case, but yeah, what, what's going on? That's the one instance. So you get inside the crate, and it's this weird swirling pattern with a dude standing right in the middle. And his name, and I do not want to mess this up, as I took pictures of it, and I'll share them with you after the fact. Mega rich, light bending guy. Oh, the capitalism guy. Yeah, because there's a meme about him. I never met him. Yes, he's in there. And you get to talk to him about how he's super mega rich. And the reason why light bends around his face is because you're too poor to look upon him, apparently. <laughs> it's some statistical thing in essence it says that when an extremely low net worth individual meet an extremely high net worth individual and i would assume that's supposed to be meets i don't know maybe i'm making a mistake some of the laws of physics cease to apply and the only thing you can say is are you telling me that you're so rich that light literally bends around your face <laughs> so yes and then oh, i went back and i told everett about it i'm like hey man you know there's like a mega rich light bending dude in your thing and he's like what i can't believe this he's just traveling around in crates i'm like yeah he's right out there he's mega rich light bending guy he's like this is bullcrap <laughs> i cannot believe they're doing this this is insane i i'm gonna look into this right away because if one mega rich light bending guy, suddenly all three of them are going to be out here traveling through all of my crates. And this cannot stand. Then as soon as you leave the conversation, your brain's like, yeah, he didn't believe any of that. <laughs> but the mega rich light bending guy is talking about how, yeah, I travel in crates so that way I don't have to see the super low poor people. 
because all the super low poor people are constantly asking me for money. And Andrew, he is the one person in this game that I actually didn't ask for money. (laughs) And it comes up like eight times through the entire conversation. He's like, oh, so if you have all this money, you can just give me some of it, right? And then later on, it's like, well, if you have all this money, why don't you give some of it to the poor? And I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Because I don't want this conversation to end because this is hilarious. That's amazing. And he talks about how he's like, oh, yeah, I had a mega rich grandma and I inherited all my money from her. And then I made a bunch of financial decisions. And he's like, yeah, once you have enough money, it's basically impossible not to make an an insane amount more. I'm like, okay, yep, you know what? You're right. That's capitalism to a T. Okay. So (laughs) when you go back and you tell Everett about this, it's, it's hilarious. But I realized something. I realized that I messed up the quest chain from the church lady. And I realized it because when I went back and I talked to Kuno to, to get the arm thing, because I'm like, I, I've talked to everybody. I've talked to Cindy. I've talked to Monet. I've talked to Kuno. How on earth am I going to get this arm piece? I go through all the dialogue options again, and there's a bunch of red stuff behind stuff that was grayed out. Cool. So then I eventually get the arm piece too. And so now I have the arm piece and I have the head piece and I immediately put both of them on. So that way I can get the hand-eye coordination because I know I'm going to need it for a fight that's coming up. Again, all of this I've done and I don't have the pheromones. I just have to keep reiterating that. (laughs) So I get to the church because I'm now doing all the church stuff again. And I'm like, okay. So I go back to Egghead and I go back to Noid and I look in all of the, the grayed out options and then there's one of them that says, oh, hey, by the way, she says you can totally move in. Cool. So I miss that. Click that option. The game kind of blanks out and it comes back and the tent's gone and they're gone. Oh, so I go in the church and I'm talking to them and they're talking about how they're, they're going to do it the right way. They're going to do it, everything like that. And you talk to the girl And you're like, so can you finally tell me about all your friends? And you actually have the option to talk about the crab man and Sonia. And Sonia, she's like, yeah, she doesn't really talk to me. I've tried to relate, but she doesn't really say much. (laughs) The crab man, I don't really talk to him a whole lot either, either. But apparently him and Noid are like really close now because I guess they are friends or something. I'm like, what? Him and Noid are friends. And she's like, yeah, they both like have an understanding, I guess. And occasionally they talk to each other. I'm like, do you do this often? And she's like, not really, because he's, what are we going to do? Yell to the top of the rafters? Fair point. You mentioned pale on the last episode. Yeah. That is the pale. Up in the rafters is the pale. And I know that because I go talk to Sonia and I'm like, yo... Let's do this. But before that, that little girl specifically tells you the drug den was something Everett asked her to do, which you never find out if you arrest them and don't get in there because she won't talk to you until she's in there with the rest of her friends, not cold anymore. Yeah. Everett told them to set up the drug den and mask it behind a nightclub. 
I actually went back and talked to Everett about this, and he's like, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. Blah, 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 blah. I totally didn't do that. You know, a uh, weird nightclub just isn't my scene. I'm like, okay, I hate you. <laughs> but yeah. So, turns out, you play that noise through the speakers, and it just kind of sounds like a boom, boom, boom. It, from my perspective, it was very reminiscent of like a heartbeat, but the entire church starts shaking and stuff starts falling to the ground. And you're like, no, th- this whole thing's going to come down. And then they're like, no, egghead, rip it out of there, rip it out of there, rip it out of there. And I was like, no, let it happen. We need to find out what's going on. And then it stops, and then Egghead's like, yeah, this was getting a little too serious, so I just ripped the cords out. <laughs> He's like, this is getting a little too hardcore. So, yeah, apparently you hear inside the pail, and it's like, it was about to destroy the entire church, this sound resonance. So you know how some opera singers, or singers in general, can resonate with a glass so much that they destroy the uh, wine glass? Yeah. Yeah, it's like that, but with destroying everything. And considering cool. what the plasmid tells you, that pale is super not good. Yeah, I was about to say, because yeah, the plasmid has some things to say about the pale too. And that sure feels like a bunch of stuff that they're setting up for a potential sequel at this point. Yes. So you you talk to so then you kind of talk to Sonia and she's like, I gotta get this data to him. He's got to get out here. She's like, I'm probably going to be here for a while. And they're like, that's totally cool with us. And she's like, yeah, I don't really care what you have to say because it was going to happen regardless. But (laughs) thanks, I guess. Okay, cool. And so, yeah, that's huge. I was like, I cannot believe I didn't complete this before. So then I did all that. I did everything. Rewind. Get, go get my gun again because I had to get my gun again. Had to confront Ruby again. Had to do that thing again. Had to go on the date again. Had to do almost everything again. I mean, I had to re. I reloaded from day three. If that'll tell you how far I had to go back. So yeah, that's like half the game at least. Then I get all the way to the plasmid, and I'm just armed with all this new information because I went back and did a lot of the things that you had done that I wasn't able to. And now I am able to talk to the plasmid only because I get there and I'm like, cool. I could talk to the plasmid. Impossible. What? But I have the pheromones. I, 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 I clicked the thing I have. I definitely have them. I have the pheromones. I have to. Oh Google no. Search. Frantically Googling, looking at other people's playthroughs. You get the pheromones a day earlier earlier in the day what so i just played six to eight hours extra of this game and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get the plasmid again andrew i'm not willing to accept that at all i am not willing at this point you're invested i have earned it this is mine I've done the things. I've done what I needed to. I'm doing it. So I'm standing in front of the plasmid. I exit my game. And I find my save file. 
and I figure out what I need to put in there to make sure I've got those stupid pheromones. Because why he didn't just give them to you in a spray bottle? Because what does he need them for at this point? He's going back home. So the way I look at it is I took the pheromones and I kept them in a bottle until I needed them. Except that's not the case because the pheromones apparently mixed with your blood and made you smell like strawberries because that's what the plasmon specifically comes to check out because he's like, what is going on? Why does this person smell like snozberries? Why does this person (laughs) smell like snozberries? What is going on here? I took my file, I edited it, and I'm like... Pheromones, true, I loaded my game, and I go to click on it, and I go through all the options, and I tell him, I'm like, yeah, take a picture of it, and he's like, you know, I was like, we'll scare it off, don't take a picture of it yet, we'll do it at the right time, and then Kim's like, no, I have to take a picture of this, we absolutely have to, I'm like, whatever, just do it, and he's like, yeah, I know, you know, you're right, because he goes to take the camera out, Plasmid looks at him, and he's like, you know what? No, I'm not going to take it yet. I look down. I hover over it. 97%. It worked. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. So I go get that plasmid and I get my picture. And I haven't actually been back yet because I literally did that right before we recorded. But I've already been through the end of the game. So, like, we can go and, and talk about the final debriefing. But. I felt like I had earned it, Andrew. After everything that I had done and everything, playing basically the whole thing again in a matter of eight hours, (laughs) I needed it. I needed it hard. I'm sick. The world sucks at the moment. You you had to get this cool picture. I needed it. I needed this plasmid. I want it because I... Not just for me, but for Le- but f- not not for Letty, but for Lena and Moral, I needed this. That does explain too, because I was really wondering, like, when you got to the the end, the like when you got to the stuff with Ruby, it specifically mentions you should make sure you've cleaned everything up with related to the union, which makes sense, and the cryptozoologist. And I was like, that's an oddly specific thing for it to be telling me I need to have finished. Yep. And this is why. Because every single thing ties back to the case. Because it turns out, when you talk to the plasmid, and you actually make a theory about this, so the game really doesn't change a whole lot as long as you see the plasmid. Uh, Because Kim specifically says, yes, I understand that his mental faculties aren't all there, but I can attest to you that I am very sane and I 100% saw it. And as a police officer of the RCM, I would hope that that means something. They're like, yes, it does. We 100% believe you guys. So no matter whether you get the picture or not, they still believe you. It's just the guy says, if you had a picture, it would be amazing. Yeah. But you get this theory that the plasmid has some sort of, like whatever it uses to keep itself hidden is kind of like a neurotoxin of some kind. If you're exposed to it too much, it may, it, causes long-term damage to your memory and stuff like the guy who's been living on this island for 40 years who says he can't remember anything anymore and apparently being exposed to these drugs or something when it shows up is basically what it, it turns him back into like a catatonic state because this is actually its nest 
yeah, this thing's been here for ages, and it's just like finally reaches the tipping point where he just can't hand, do anything anymore. Because there is Khaleesi's passport, or, or sorry, Chrissy's passport, both wrong names. There's the helmet that Kuno tossed in the sea that apparently he wasn't lying to you about. And there's the scope that the old guy used to kill Letty. So it's all nice wrapped up in a neat little bow. You get back in the dinghy because it's just you two. Now is when the move now. Now is when I have the conversation that he's like, well, how are we going to get it back? How is everything going to happen? And it's basically like he can't really do anything. He's basically in a catatonic state. We just get back. We report it real quick. And then we can get somebody out there to get him like ASAP. If we know where the murderer is, like they'll we'll figure it out, essentially buy more gas or whatever. But we can get back there. No problem. And we have I took his gun. So he didn't even have his gun. Not that he had any bullets for his gun anyway. Well, he did specifically say he had one bullet tossed aside. Oh, that's right. He did say he did mention that. He said that he always had one bullet tossed aside specifically for the old guy who's always doing shot put. Yeah, who's who still wears the uniform of the like uh Royalist Army or whatever, the guys that the communists were fighting. Yeah, he super hates that guy. He mentions it multiple times. Although some of it kind of seems like a one of those like old guys that were on two opposing sides of the war that are basically just always like, I hate you. Uh, no, I hate you yeah, more. It was, it was that sort of like, I hate him, but also there's a vague sense of camaraderie because they w- have, of the shared experience they had. Yes. Yes, exactly. And, uh, but yeah, I took his gun with, I took his gun away regardless. So he wouldn't even be able to do any damage if he did somehow regain his faculties. Hopefully, anyway. I don't know. Maybe it's different if you don't take the gun. But then you get back for your final debriefing because I don't know what's going on, but it certainly seems like an intervention of some type. Yes. It was very tense. Yeah, so those three other people that you rolled in with have shown up again finally. Well, two of them we'd already had talked to, but they look completely different now. Yeah, because I guess they were in disguises. I don't know why they were in disguises. I didn't actually ask about it because I didn't care. Because they were basically trying to see how bad his memory actually was. Like, if he if he would truly just not recognize them at all, if they did, like, some basic disguise. Oh, okay. Because that's why they were here. And the other one was the father who was showing his, like, taking his son on a tour was also a cop who's, like, the, the police force psychiatrist. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. He was like... So was that all just like a cover? He's like, no, my son really wanted to see that. I was like, well, while we're here, let's go have a little trip. <laughs> you just <laughs> happened to be here. <laughs> it's like, hey, so here's that crazy cop guy that I was telling you about. Um, don't mention anything. He's on his way up the stairs right now. Uh, so you go through, basically, I mean, you go through absolutely everything. And they're all kind of, the whole time, the Jean guy is basically like, we have to do this. There's nothing we can do. Uh, like you, you've ruined, uh, like, you're too far gone. We got to cut him. And then, uh, at least for me, everybody else wound up taking my side on things and saying, I mean, he's got issues, but he got he solves cases like nobody's business. Well, and Kim kind of comes back and he says, I can assure you 
he's been sober this whole week and he's like oh cool so one week and he's like it seems like he's making legitimate change the most important question i have for you andrew because we basically have reiterate everything to them and all, at the very end of it, they're all kind of like, okay, well, I guess go on. Business is business. Apparently, the last two cases were very, very hard on you. And the that, ones you couldn't solve, yeah. And that apparently is what kind of drove you to do all this. Pushed you over the edge, yeah. Did you recruit Kim to Precinct 41? Absolutely, I did. Are you kidding me? So did I. I was like, dude, you should definitely come over here. And he's like, well, I mean... Would you guys even even want me? I mean, I'm just whatever. And they're like, dude, you're Lieutenant Kim Kitsuragi. 100%. We will immediately drop everything to hire you. Yeah, for real. He's like, oh, oh well, I'm I'm very honored. Because then you, you find out that they have the reputation of the murder precinct because of everything that had recently happened, like with the church thing, apparently that was actually a, a thing. Like they absolutely did a raid on a church and it ended up killing a bunch of people. And Kim's like, I get that there's a bad reputation and everything because the entire, not even just Harry, the entire precinct is like, when you're having that conversation about hiring they're kind of like, yeah, but we have this super bad reputation. It wouldn't be good for you. And he's like, reputation can change. He's like, something else is going to happen and everyone's going to be on that next. He's like, perception is going to change. It's really not as big of a deal as you guys think it is. It's like, oh, okay. And he's like, I could do, I, I personally could do, uh, could do more and make more of a difference out of 41 than I can out of 57. Exactly, because they they specifically mentioned, yeah, it's a super high caseload, and he's like, great, that's exactly what I want, and so apparently we're going to poach Kim, and then I got the achievement, (laughs) recruited recruited Kim, I'm like, yes, and I hope, I know I pronounced it wrong, I think it's Katsunagi, and I think you were right, I think it is Kitsuragi. regardless that's one name that I want to get right, if I am wrong, that actually I, I do apologize for. I care about Kim. Kim is an important enough character that we want to get that right. Yeah, I I don't care about the Mother of Dragons. I don't care about Chrissy. I don't care about any of them. Kim, 100% care about. Him and Lucy. (laughs) I'm laughing at the Lucy thing now. So with that... I guess we have to do the most important part here. Let's, Let's talk about overall impressions of the game before we wrap up, since this is the end. What did you think? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. It was such a fun ride. There are only two big problems that I had with this game. The second one, I can't even remember what it was. But the first one, I only remember because we just talked about it. Even though we just talked about the second one, too, but my brain sucks. My brain's kind of like Harry's, except I didn't do a massive amount of alcohol and drugs. That you remember, anyway. Well, yeah, I ain't got the money for that. (laughs) That's fair. Alcohol is... Alcohol is too expensive for me, and if that's too expensive, drugs certainly are. <laughs> and, yeah, no, and, uh, I, I completely agree. Like, I had high expectations for this game going into it, but even then, it met them and exceeded them. And like I said, I didn't think anything was going to beat Outer Wilds for me, but that in terms of the stuff we had looked at that came out in 2019, because Outer Wilds is an amazing game, but man, Disco Elysium, man. What a game. 
It's so good. Everything about it was just... I, I cannot recommend it highly enough. Neither can I. And and for a one-shot that we kind of obviously turned into a full playthrough, that'll tell you just how much we really, really liked this game. And honestly, we probably would have done the same thing for Outer Wilds, and, and who knows, we may still do that. Outer Wilds, I think, is still different, in my opinion, because it's all about the exploration. Oh, it's yeah, like, no, Outer you Wilds You can is know amazing. what the story of Disco is, because there's still, like... 20 different ways to die, which I we didn't talk about. The Outer Wilds basically just telling you everything that happens and how to solve all the puzzles is kind of like kind of giving it. the entire yeah. game away. Not that we kind of aren't here. I, I don't know. I still view that one a little bit differently just because it's the mechanics. But giving away the mechanics is, is a lot was, different than just giving away plot points. Yeah. If there was anything... Any of the games that we've talked about that would also be worth a revisit, Outer Wilds would definitely be it. Yeah. So now that we're done, we got to talk about next steps. Do you want to? Do you want to do the honors on this one, Chris? Sure. Because I'm very excited about it. A- as most of you may know, hopefully, as of today, this is still on track. But the Final Fantasy VII remake is coming out on April 10th. Well, part one. Part one, yes. I've played the demo, and I loved it. I knew I had to play that game regardless. I've never actually played Final Fantasy VII, at least not past... I don't think I ever made it past Midgar or even out of Midgar. <laughs> I didn't really play a whole lot of it. So what our plan is, is to the, so play the, remake- the first part of the original. Yeah. So part one of the remake is supposed to go through Midgar. As as we understand it, that is the entire first game is entirely in Midgar. So that's how far we're going to go in the base game. Exactly. And then we'll kind of figure it out from there. So that'll probably only take us a week or two because Midgar isn't super long. And then it'll give, put us just in time to dive into the remake. But I absolutely, because I basically told Andrew, I'm like, dude, my entire life is on hold. I've, regardless of everything that's going on right now, I already took PTO like well over a month ago, April 10th and the 13th, because as soon as that game comes out, I'm essentially going to binge the entire thing. That doesn't mean we're going to talk about the whole thing in one session, but I'll probably continue, I'll probably play it, beat it over that weekend and then continue to play it. So that way I have, am up to date on all the plot points because I cannot wait. I absolutely love the battle system. I played the demo, and it's like a mesh of 15 and Kingdom Hearts with the addition of pausing when you're in a menu, which is so crucial to me because I understand that in Kingdom Hearts 3 specifically, you had the ability to set like, oh, hey, it's I need to do fire. I need to do set hotkeys on your controller or whatever. That's, I'm getting older. I'm in my 30s. My brain just cannot keep up with Final Fantasy 15. It's a battle system. So being able to pause in a menu and just take a breather is so essential to me. And I cannot wait for this game. I'm so excited. So we basically just had to plan the entire podcast around that coming out because I was like, you got to understand. (laughs) I'm not going to do anything else. It's not going to happen. If I'm not 
making a podcast about Final Fantasy VII Remake. If I'm not playing Final Fantasy Remake, if I'm not editing a podcast for Final Fantasy VII Remake, I'm not doing it. (laughs) Yeah, so, anyway. I mean, that and The Witcher did so well because it's a relatively newer game that, I mean, come on. So for the next couple weeks, like I said, probably either one or two episodes we'll be talking about. I'm guessing probably two episodes will get us out of Midgar. Um, And then we're going to play, we're going to dive into that remake. And we're going to tear it apart, and it's going to be great. Tear it apart in in fun, because there will be zero flaws. I don't mean tear it apart as in destroy. I mean, like, (laughs) dive in and, you know, just sink our teeth into it. I mean, don't get me wrong. If there are flaws, Andrew is going to bring them up. Oh, absolutely. I would. That's my job. And I'm going to sweep those under the rug so fast and so expertly. <laughs> I just can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I, I, I really, really... I can't say I've been waiting for this for years because I never even played the original. It was just one of those things where I just fell in love with the character cloud in general. And I was like... I have a buster sword. I'm like, just the idea of this dude being so unbelievably strong that he can just like one handed wield this sword. That's like bigger than him. And let me tell you a real life buster sword, which is only about, I can't remember. I think mine was about four to five feet somewhere in there. Thing was like 80 to a hundred pounds. Incredibly awkward to hold. I mean, I have a, I have a pan and I understand this is kind of weird, but to say i have a pan that's 14 inches and it's a mix between cast iron and it's like carbon steel or whatever it's super heavy and it's the only pan that i use to basically cook all of our meals in but it's 14 inches and i really need to buy a 12 inch one but that has nothing to do with anything that's just laziness and i don't want to spend another 150 bucks on a pan because this pan's super expensive because it's a really nice pan i love to cook because i love food Putting all of this into perspective, also Teflon's super bad. If anyone uses Teflon pans and you can get rid of them, you definitely should because it's poison, but whatever. Regardless, anyway, I have this massive pan, and even that thing is hard to hold, but Cloud, awesome. Setheroff, awesome. Cannot wait. So excited. I, I mean, I could just go on forever. Andrew, you're just going to have to end it. Okay. <laughs> and I guess that's going to do it for this episode because otherwise we'll be here another hour of Chris talking about how excited he is. Yeah, now I have this pan. I love that pan. I seriously and, and, love anyway. that pan. <laughs> you have to season it so, properly so that way nothing sticks to it. Because if you season a pan right, you're not going to have gonna to That's going to do it for this episode pan. of Video Games really, Cover to Cover. I really, really like that pan. That's going to do it for this episode of Video Games Cover to Cover. As always, you can find us on Twitter or via email or on our Discord server, and we'll include links to that in the episode description. I love Kim. Kim.